How is everyone? Good. Good. You know this is a podcast. <laughs> Someone has to speak. Oh, he's on the wine. I thought you were detoxing. You said last uh, week you haven't touched alcohol in like two weeks. Oh, get, get off your high horse. It's non-alcoholic red wine. What, what grape juice? Ribena. Well, that's pretty much what it is, isn't that? But um, it's de-alcoholized uh, Merlot. <laughs> wow. But I've gone through a lot of the uh, the beers on offer, you know, alcohol-free beers. And I think the best one is Erdinger. Um, or, um, oh, the... Um, no, there's one called, there's a craft beer. Um, yeah, craft place. beer it's was a big, nice. It's a yeah, big um, one called the Beer Low Brewery. It's B-R-L-O. And I yeah. think they now sell this in the UK. But it's um, that has a non-alcoholic one. It's it's amazing, I have mm. to say. I like yeah. So like the IPA, um, the Brewdog, Punk. Mm. Brewdog AF. is good. Yeah. Brewdog Punk AF. Um, mm. That's uh, that's really good because yeah, I, I actually frequented it's nicely a Brewdog. Flavored, yeah. I frequented a Brewdog in Sao Paulo while I was there last week. Really? Bloody yeah. hell! They've expanded massively, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, was your still... recommendation, Reg? You were shaking your head. Yeah, Erdinger is, is the one they give out after the half marathons in Germany, Res. Well, you, when you came over and didn't run it, but you had a Erdinger afterwards. Uh, yeah, the um, I like Bex Blue because it's like... Oh. I, well, it does the job, and it's like 30 oh. calories, no sugar. Erdinger, yeah. the amount of sugar in alcohol-free Erdinger is ridiculous. So full of sugar. Not That's why it's tasty. good after a marathon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's not doing it's a marathon, a, is he? He's just no, sat well, there I'm, drinking, I'm doing, not, not no, drunk. No, I'm doing, um, I'm doing um, running training, so that's ideal. And also on a night out, you want something that can replace having alcohol, but will keep you going for the night. Otherwise, sugar. you're just too tired. 70% of you daily sugar in one bottle of Erding, if I don't. No way. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. What else has been going on this week in your lives? Nothing. How's your flight back, Steve? Uh, I slept most of the way, actually. I did watch a film, actually. I watched one film called Long Shot, starring Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. Presidential candidate. And he's he's an old... uh, She used to babysit for him, and now he's a journalist when he was a kid. And now he's a journalist, grown up, obviously, because he's Seth Rogen. So he's grown up. <laughs> and then, and then uh, he's like looking for a job and he's a bit funny and she needs to get her um, she needs to get her com- comedian or like comic rating up. You know, like people don't think she's funny or this kind of stuff. Perfect. You know, when they do these these things. Anyway, she hires him as a speechwriter and they fall in love. And some, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a nice feel good film for the plane, actually. So what's the long shot? The fact that he's she was so a long be- shot. Beautiful. Yeah. I think she's a long shot for the presidency, and he's a long shot for to to get with her because oh, everyone yeah, yeah. like, "Oh, you're a loser, bloody blah, blah, blah." You know that kind it's of classic person. Seth Rogen role, isn't it? Really? Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah and he gets he gets caught actually. Um, it, so they're trying to blackmail her. To, they fall in love, and he, they're trying to. He, they're trying to blackmail her at the end to say, you need to pull out of the race or you need to support us and go against your morals or release a tape of, of him jerking off. 
he basically he's always jerking off in a film right so like and then he's basically they hack into his webcam and they basically catch him jerking off um but he's jerking off to her right he's thinking about her he's saying her name and then he like and then he comes all over himself and in his face and (laughs) and they basically have hacked his webcam like the media moguls and they're trying to use they basically want her to endure like drop this bill or something so they can get more money or whatever and then he convinces her just like stay true to your morals you wanted to change the world blah blah and um yeah so now you don't need to go and see it so she she stands up for herself morals and then they say hey we're we're in love with each other so whatever happens happens Mm -hmm. and they release the video everyone just finds it endearing oh seth he came on his face and (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, and then she becomes the president as well and then he wow. becomes the first Mister, or you know, the first, <laughs> that's what he goes around. Yeah. yeah, and he's saying he's the first Mister. And then um, must have been a poor choice of films for you to choose that. Yeah, there was so there, there was only one other. Well, there was a few decent ones, but there was only one I really wanted to watch, which was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I told you I saw on the way there. Yeah, you always yeah you always see yeah. the better film on the way, don't you? On the way back, yeah. then on some pickings. Exactly. So yeah, then, kind of crossover the changeover of different films. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's what I hoped for. Uh, mm. Didn't happen. But I, I was a, I was asleep for most of the time, and then I woke up in the morning, like just after breakfast. It was still a, an hour and a half to land, and I saw it was an hour and a half film. So I thought, okay, stick this on. Nice. And it was a, it was a long shot, but it paid off. Listeners, today we have a little treat for you. This is um, one of our segments, the travel segment last week, um, that was focused on the Cincinnati Bengals, inspired one of our avid listeners to get in touch and tell us their memories of the Cincinnati Bengals from when they were a child. So here it is. This is Matt describing his memories of the NFL. So I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the late 80s i think it was like 86 or 88 and it was uh the the last time the cincinnati Bengals went to the super bowl i believe against san francisco and i remember they lost uh but what i remember more about the game was that it was right around my dad's birthday and i think it was like his 40th birthday and my mom got him this ridiculously large TV that I think was about as deep as it was wide. It was like one of these early large TVs and it was, you know, set up for the Super Bowl, and it was this big, you know, ordeal to get it in before the Super Bowl. And like literally everybody we knew came over to watch the Super Bowl on this, on this TV. And, uh, and, uh, that's, that's the main I remember the TV more than I remember the Super Bowl. I've made a lot of notes. All about the first game that we have to talk about first. Bengals-Steelers. Not Bengals-Steelers. Oh, right. That's the main game of the weekend. Is it? Is it the Ravens? Ravens? No, 49ers-Packers. I didn't put any notes about that. It's a clear-cut game, though. In my yeah. in my in my uh, in my notes, I wrote a special maulings section, where uh, so I put everyone in. I put the Dolphins twenty four, the Browns forty one in there, Ravens forty five, Rams six, 
Jaguars 20, Titans 42, mm. Packers 8, 49ers 37, and the Raiders 3, Jets 34. So because these games were all maulings, all those teams teams got destroyed. So I put them at the end in a special mauling section and decided not to write about them. I mean, I think this one's worth writing about. The Packers are not a bad team. Yeah. At all, are they? Eight and well, they're now eight and three. They were eight and two. Like the, the but I think they showed the Packers for what they really are, not as good as what everyone was thinking. They got yeah, beat a few weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah. Exactly. They got beat a few weeks ago by who was that Pardo? Because we were we, was it the Cowboys or no? It wasn't someone that special, was it? Because I remember like I was quite surprised. Yeah. The Chargers. God, yeah. There we yeah. go. Exactly. That's I, I think I think they've been they had a good few few first games the Packers, but I think the 49ers show the 49ers are very good and the next game. There's 49ers versus the Ravens. Actually, yeah, next I saw week. that. Yeah, I highlighted next that. Week. Mm. Tell Without us the tell Ravens, us bit... though. Yes, yeah. And that's going to be a real test because then we really see how good both of those teams are as well. I think the Packers have kind of shown us their true selves. They want... They're probably in the second tier of teams, the second or third tier, maybe second. I mean, they lost to the 49ers and they've also lost to... Um... The charge, but and the Eagles, so they've never lost particularly bad teams. But they ju- you just you're right. I think you you have an idea about teams from watching for a few years, and you feel like the Packers are are a team that are always going to be good. And the 49ers, you just still feel like you're waiting for them to you know to to mess up or to go back to the norm. But they just what absolutely what to them. Green Bay didn't score till the third quarter. That was just the one score on the two points. But like. They didn't even, I don't know, 49ers didn't do a lot. They didn't rush particularly a lot. Like, the biggest rusher was 45 yards off six carries. Like, they're not, it's not a lot. They're not 100-plus yards. Garoppolo, only 20 attempts, like, 253. Like, it's not massive, crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Solid, just though. They're just making it count. Score every single, at least seven points a quarter. Keep Green Bay out, apart from one time. and just keep rolling that game next week will be brilliant best game of the season maybe hopefully yeah aaron jones is actually yeah uh, aaron jones is in my no aaron jones is in my fantasy team and he scored 3.8 points this week so that tells you a lot about the the rushing game because he's their main main running back and um yeah but the last week they were on a bye but it's, it's actually been a little bit inconsistent like the charges when you said they lost against the Chargers, he scored 2.9 points. So when he's not able to get the running game going, Aaron Jones, they don't seem to be able to to get the get the dub. From what I can see here, just in my rudimentary yeah, look too, at my fantasy team, average 2.9 yards a carry. Like he had, yeah, he did. Th- 13 nothing. attempts and 38 yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So very. And then when they lost against the Chargers, he had eight attempts, ran 30 yards. So they they, they struggle with the they're they're struggling with the when they can't get the running game going. I think that's when they struggle, right? Because then they just rely on Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't have great weapons around as well. So then when you come up against a really good team with a good defense like 49ers. Um, but they they were on fire actually on the highlights that I saw. George Kittle, did you see um, did you see how well he was playing? Unbelievable. The guy is apparently he's got a um, a chipped bone in his ankle, 
and he was he was absolutely dominating. Yeah, they just uh, they just played so well. It'd be just, I mean, they're not gonna you know they be in the playoffs now, but hopefully they can go further. It'd be amazing to see Forty Nine. Yeah. I think we we got to put them in the the top tier of teams. I would say it's the Forty ers it's the Ravens, the Patriots, Seahawks, City Chiefs, the City Chiefs, and the Saints. That's got to be the top tier of teams. And then there's yeah, a second tier that, under that. Yeah. Well, the you said that, like they play the Ravens, they then play the Saints the week after that. The Forty Nine. Mm. So you got the Ravens and then the Saints. And then Falcons, which have sort of dropped off after a little while. And then they've got the Rams and the Seahawks, who are both in the division. So they've got tough games, but if they could beat the Ravens and the Saints, that would be incredible. Business end of the season as well. We're getting to the business end. Falcons were disappointing, weren't they? Yeah. I thought that they would win after the the Falcons, after after the last last two weeks of wins. I, I thought, easy win here against the Bucks. And then the books, well, the book didn't stop with them. They went on to <laughs> just tried to put the worst, most cheesy part. It's uh, almost as bad as your uh, song that you put together on Twitter before. Did you see this? That was really good. Did you Did you not like my contribution at the end? <laughs> oh, I did, yeah. But um, then uh, we needed someone else to chip in with another line. <laughs> Rezel, did you hear about this before we go into the Buccaneers no. Falcons game? So I, I was like, just Monday, I was just kind of like perused, thinking in my head, you know, you have these Monday thoughts, you're in the shower. And I was like, oh, you know what? If JJ Sega Whiteside comes good for, this, for the Philadelphia Eagles, because he's a rookie, he's their rookie wide receiver, I said, if he comes good, they could, like, the fans could sing a song in the style of Mr. Brightside. Ah, Sega Whiteside. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And then um, I put it on Twitter and then someone replied. Someone, um, who was it, Pardo? Have we got him on there? Let's have a look. His name is, his name's Tom Martin. And basically he replied with some lyrics. So we started making the song. So Pardo said, really coming out of his, really come out of his cage. Think he'll do just fine. And then Tom Martin wrote, Eagle fans are down. You know, they want it all. And then Pardo wrote, he's starting out as a kid. How will he receive it like this? He is only a kid. He is only a kid. <laughs> and then I was like, but he's clutched it to his chest. Now he turns on the jets. Now watch him go. I just can't look. It's killing me. Sorry, I got carried away. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> for You know, that is... Very topical, 16-year-old song. <laughs> I've been singing that bright side all day. After reading that this morning, though, I, I, I'm desperate to finish off that song. Exactly. He's our Sega white side. Oh, no, I messed it up then. I messed up the style. Anyway, yeah, we should get the whole song penned, and then we can yeah. send it to the Philly fans, and they can sing it when uh, he finally, if they finally have something to sing about that. Anyway, let's uh, let's jump back to the, uh, the Buccaneers-Falcons game. So that was the Buccaneers 35, Falcons 22. Did you did you see what happened before the game? Anyone? So no. apparently, so apparently, Jameis Winston, uh, Billy Jean King was at the game, and oh, yeah. Jameis Winston went over to her and he was having like a chat with her, and it was a really intense chat. And apparently, she she 
told him like hey live in the moment stop stop getting in your own head just really live the moment and um stop worrying about the mistakes you're going to make and all this and he said that this was um this was basically the kind of helped him to yeah to play well in that game but it seemed to work he they dominated i mean he, he did have a couple of turnovers as as per usual but he actually played very well the yeah the um I mean, both teams are poor records and, and not going yeah. there, but it is a shame a bit for the Falcons because they did seem to be turning around. They've got, they're in the main Thanksgiving game on Thursday night against the Saints. Mm. So, three, so Pardo, was... do you know about Thanksgiving games? Um, yeah, I mean... Um, Hang on, yeah. do you know about Thanksgiving full stop? Yes, do you? Yes. Go on then, it would be like your... Um, this be an interesting discussion actually about Thanksgiving. So, what do you think Thanksgiving is? It's a time when um, they give thanks uh, because of the pilgrims. I think something to do with pilgrims. It was the first harvest in the new world. Yeah, after they'd ran off all the the Native Americans. Well, they actually did it with the Native Americans, depending on what story you believe. But the first one was in 1621. Oh, you actually made some notes about it. I love it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Because it's it's Thanksgiving week and yep. uh, there's extra games on a Thursday, it seems like there's everyone's playing this week, aren't they? Pretty much. Oh, that means we need Is to it... do our predictions early, Pardo. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, um, I'll try and get them out early this week because, yeah, we've got games coming thick and fast. Isn't it Thanksgiving today, someone told me? No, it's Thursday. Thursday. Ah, okay. Thursday, and then you have Black Friday afterwards, don't you? Uh, but the third, but there's oh, always Lions five thirty on Thursday. Brilliant battle of so, the thirds. The Lions, the Lions and the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. So no oh, one used yeah. to, no one used to play on Thanksgiving, and then they Lions first of all start to try and promote the team, play on Thanksgiving, put it on TV, and the Cowboys did the same. At one point, they thought, well, no one's going to be watching. So America's good. team. That's why they're America's team, then. So they both... to watch them and cheer for them. Yeah, they both started that tradition. So they always, the lines of the Cowboys always play because they That's sort amazing. of put themselves forward to play and then they pick another game. So, yeah, Lions, Bears, Cowboy Bills, and then Falcons, Saints. Two great nice. cities going against each other, Chicago and Detroit. Well, uh, I, like, I like the fact that not only do you have them Thanksgiving games as a tradition, but it's always the Lions and the Cowboys. It kind of yeah, makes it even more than just oh, there's three games on every, you know, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Love so what's the record though? The Cowboys must have won most of those games, I imagine. More than yeah. the Lions. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because the the Cowboys dominated the sport for a long time, and um, Pardo. Uh, actually, I know nothing about Chicago, even though you say it's two great cities coming up against each other. Because well, they're not. City. Yeah, because you haven't taken me there on the travel segment. Oh, so yeah, how are we true. supposed to know about Chicago? Well, it'll come up, but spoiler, it's not this week. Oh, it's a shame, especially on such a week. I know, I know, but where else would you go when it's Thanksgiving week? That's yeah. the question you got to ask. <laughs> Um, can we jump back into the special mauling section of the pod and um, go to the Ravens versus Rams game? Ravens 45, Rams 6. 
What a crazy! Like, I mean, I was expecting the Ravens to win, but I just just how bad the Rams are this season has, mm. has blown me away. Actually, the Ravens, I think, were just really good. I mean, they look so special. It was men against boys out there in this one. Did you see it? Yeah, the the, the Rams just what? Bardo closes eyes. It was just. Uh, did you see it? And it's like, well, no. <laughs> And I got your note saying, oh, great, it's the delay. I watched the highlights of um, (laughs) Ravens-Rams. But you can put that in the behind the scenes. (laughs) That's a perfect scenario for the uh, behind the curtain pod pod video. Um, But yeah, I did watch the highlights. And actually, you know what it reminded me of? Lamar Jackson, it's like in NBA Jam, you know, I think I've referenced this before, but when they have that he's on fire part of NBA Jam and then you can't miss a throw it goes in the net every time that's what it's like watching um watching Lamar Jackson everything he throws every every time he throws it it's just like a heat-seeking missile and also then um he had five touchdown throws and the commentator said this was a great thing he said we've got a Jackson five (laughs) and uh, I was also a bit, mm, yeah, but like, yeah, because it was five touchdown passes. And um, there was one time even that it's like the second quarter and he basically, the ball got snapped to him. He dropped the ball and then he finds, he finds a way just to pick it up, run past every player and almost like run 30 yards and almost score a touchdown. And then he just fell down just before the line, like two yards short. And then on the next play, they ran it in with Mark Ingram. I mean, it's just crazy. It was really, it's like NBA jam at the moment for him. Absolutely, but they, I did watch it. They're absolutely. I mean, five touchdowns is crazy. But for the Rams, Goff had yeah. no no touchdowns, two interceptions. Todd Gurley had the most yards. He had 22 yards off six carries. 22 six. yards, and that's the main. I know they stopped running because they were obviously behind and they had to throw it. But um, they can't get him. They can't get it going this season. They they just can't figure it out. They have the biggest Super Bowl hangover. That They had a great season last season. Then the Super Bowl, they couldn't play at all. They got totally destroyed. And I think that either their confidence got smashed or I don't know whether Sean McVay, the hot new, like he was the lauded as the, the great new thing in coaching. And he he just seems to have lost his way a little bit like this season because he can't seem to, to get things working there at the moment. But I think it's probably just a crisis of confidence. I think it will all come back. But it's not going to this season. I mean, they're three games behind the Seahawks, four games behind the 49ers. Mm-hmm. There's only five games left. Like they are not turning it round to come. No, 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 no. It's it's season over for them. I mean, they might get to the playoffs or whatever. I don't know if they where they are in the seeding at the moment. But still, they don't look good enough to do anything in the postseason. Yeah, no, they wait. They're not gonna. No, they they won't be because the Packers and the Vikings are eight and three. So the wild cards at the moment are Seahawks at nine and two and Vikings at eight and three. Well, they're at six and five. So the yeah. three games behind the Vikings with five games left, it's not. No, I mean anything can happen, but it looks doubtful. Though. No, Pardo, what game do you want to move on to? Um, which game to go on to? So. It's a bit of a, well, two of the games that I concentrated on this weekend were mainly the Bengals against the Steelers. Because the travel segment went to Cincinnati in the last the last week. That, and, you know, the Bengals started out strong. So I, I had discounted that this was the end of the travel, you know, 
winning streak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was only two games that we kind of decided, you know, in the predictions that were different. Mm-hmm. One being the Bengals. So that added extra pressure because I was like, well, you know what, well, there's only two games that really can decide it this week. Mm-hmm. This game and the Seahawks. And the Seahawks came good. And actually, it was a draw in the end for predictions this week. It was. Yeah. Um, but the Bengals game, that hurt. It was disappointing because as well. Because own, the travel you, segment was doing so well as well. You and you were very, you were, you're almost too confident. I really <laughs> wanted to put you back in your place, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. And then was, the Lions it, lost. And that was even... Oh, that, that was, was, the, that the was a real a real kicker, but it was actually down to the kickers as well. Yeah. Another cheesy pun there for you. But the Steelers, the Steelers, Steelers were, it was 16 to the Steelers and 10 to the Bengals. But that was really, the Bengals could have had that because Mason Rudolph was truly awful in that game. And then he got benched and then Duck Hodges came on and um, Devlin Hodges, the, the Duck, um, the champion Duck um, something, Duck Smuggler, um, <laughs> he came on. You know, you remember I told you he's like, a, he's some sort of champion Duck caller or something. And uh, I told you a few weeks ago, Paul, I don't so like So his name's like, not Duck? No, his name's Devlin Hodges, but people call him Duck because of, uh, uh, right, because of his... Duck calling. Yeah. Skills. Yeah. Okay. And um, then as soon as he came on, it changed the game. And then they, I think the Bengals were winning at that point. And then he, he got them back. But it's yeah, amazing. I got your note on that. And I thought, oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. And yeah. <laughs> he's He's been, um, he's going to be starter against the Browns next week. They've already said Good. that he's got the yeah. starting job. Uh, yeah, undrafted he was as well. It's nice to see someone. Yeah. So let me tell you this. This is what I thought, right? So basically, after that incident, Helmet Gate last week, when Miles Garrett was the one who got the indefinite suspension, it looks mm. like Mason Rudolph is the one who will never play again in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, yeah, inadvertently. Yeah. Inadvertently, yeah, he's been because he's been dropped and he's he's not going to play again. He he was really bad in these games and he won't get back in that team. He'll be dropped then in the in the in the off season, and I don't think he'll play. I don't think I can't see him playing again. I don't think he's good enough. So yeah, XFL. it could be that Miles Garrett comes back next season and uh, Mason Rudolph is the one with the indefinite suspension. Think of that. Mm, amazing. What a turn of events for Helmet Gate. <laughs> one week, one week later. What can happen in a week? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's because the, the season is so short, you know, like 16 games. It's just that really a, it? yeah. a, lot, a lot happens in those weeks. You know, it's like amplified to the max. What game do you want to move on to next? You said you were looking at two games this week. So the, other, the second one was the Lions-Redskins. That was a funny game. Yeah, Lions-Redskins was the other one. Um, and that was another close game, you know, only three points in it. Um, and I, I thought, you know, they might come back last minute, but obviously, yeah, the Redskins, I mean, how are the Redskins getting on now? Cause they're, they seem to be turning things around slightly, don't they? Or is it just, was that their second win? No, yeah. I don't think they're, turning things. They're, they're one of the worst. Two teams. and nine. Yeah. I mean, they didn't throw a single touchdown, did they? They did. No. But did it, did it, there were some funny things that happened in this game, can I tell you? Cool. So I'm calling Jeff Driscoll, the Lions' backup quarterback. I'm calling him Jeff Buckley because I can never remember his name. And, and Jeff Buckley's dead. Um, he's a singer from the past. He sang uh, Alleluia. 
So I'm calling him yeah. Jeff Buckley because Driscoll's career is also dead. And um, he basically, so there was, it was the final minute of the game. It was 16-16. It was the final minute of the game. And then Jeff Buckley, he basically threw an interception. They were going down the field. It was 56 seconds or something. Jeff Buckley throws an interception. Totally stupid throw. To There was clearly like the guy had no chance of getting the ball. He was completely covered by the defender. Defender just takes it. Interception. So then Redskins get the ball. Haskins moves them down the field after every single time Haskins got a first down he was like going like doing like this kind of showing his muscles he was super pumped about it then they get to a field goal range they score the field goal right so it's 1916 to the to the Redskins and um, then actually Jeff Buckley gets the ball back at some point and he can move them down the field again again throws another interception so then the the game's pretty much over, but the Redskins have to come back on the field and end the game. And Haskins apparently was nowhere to be found. So they couldn't find him to come on and, and end the game. And apparently he was in the crowd taking selfies <laughs> with the with the crowd. And so Case Keenum had to come on and, and end the game, basically. The Because yeah, so, <laughs> he thought the game was over. And he was like taking selfies with the fans. So that was a, a good, fun end to the game. But yeah, Redskins, uh, Lions have Lions have really gone to a very. It's it's turned out to be a very disappointing season again for the Lions. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, when you lose to a team that doesn't score, that got one touchdown, which was by the defense, the Redskins, and they've defense, thrown in the towel as well. Got the touchdown, and then so they did get the rest, touchdown, but not on offense. It was a defensive. The defense played. Oh brilliant. right, yeah, okay. They didn't have an offensive uh, touchdown, but. Yeah, I mean, it's you think, oh, the Redskins are dreadful. They're two and nine. The Lions are three, seven and one. There's not much difference between them. But uh, seventh worst team, Lions. So they're not the worst. I saw a stat on Twitter earlier. So that make you feel better. A little bit. I thought they'd be worse, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, that that draws really not them up. You know, just above the the real rubbish teams. Yeah. Um, Who's the real rubbish teams? Who's below them? It's the Redskins, uh, Dolphins. Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Maybe not the uh, Jets, though. Did you see the Jets game? Yeah, and that Jets was a shock. A we both put the Raiders to win. I was That was one I was unsure about at the time when I wrote it, but I did not expect it. Raiders nah. 3, Jets 34. That was crazy. That was Sam Darnold's best game. Giants are rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, there's plenty of dross. Giants, Giants are actually are second bad. worse, actually. They're... they're they are, yeah, they're the only one. They're just above uh, Bengals. So they are the worst statistically uh, from the graphic I saw before. Yeah, because they've lost seven in a row or something, the Giants. I think they... Yeah, streak of like, seven, yeah. Yeah, and, then, and that was a very bad game. I mean, Trubitsky's throwing the ball away and they still couldn't do anything. They couldn't get the ball moving at all. Um, yeah, the Bears defense played pretty well, but it, it just really... They did nothing with the ball. The Giants. There was there was one nice touchdown by Golden Tate. So a special mention to him. He missed the first four games of the season, mm-hmm. but there was nothing really else to of note in that game. To be honest, they're just it's very disappointing to watch the Bears. Like they just they just should be so much better than they are. Yeah, and Such I an think iconic this. Team. Sorry, Russ. No, I was going to say this is a hard thing when you got such a short season. So you've only got eight games at home. So, like, Giants have won one so far at home out of five. Like, 
you're waiting all year right to watch them eight games. You might end up seeing what this year for the Giants one win, maybe two wins. Like it's even a poor football team, you're going to see a few home wins, aren't you? Because you play in 38 games, right? but when you play eight home games, it's tough, isn't it? Really tough. Yeah. Oh, and it gets even worse for the Giants because there was news the, this week. No, there's that, but also, did you see this week they said, uh, oh, we would really, we, if they got rid of their, because it looks like they'll change their coach and everything next season. And Jason Garrett, the Cowboys coach, was like, oh, I would like the, the Giants job at some point. And they seemed excited by this, which is uh, oh, another, that would be another tough break for the Giants getting Jason Garrett. Because I think if you, the Cowboys, the Cowboys lost 9-13 to 13 at the Patriots. And and I think that's the the issue with the with the Garrett is that he's had seven years. We talked about him before, but he's had seven seasons in charge at the Cowboys, and um, not done anything there. With him, it seems that anytime anytime he's playing against another good coach, he can't get that advantage. Right? He doesn't seem to be able to get that advantage for his team that coaching should give. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, there's a good. Uh, if you want to listen to another NFL podcast, um, you know we need all the listeners we can get, but you can do two. Um, there's the GM Shuffle with Mike Lombardi, and he he really it's not like he talks about um, Jason Garrett, the Cowboys coach, and he's always he's always said he's this guy is not very good, but he just does an amazing analysis of of this guy as a coach, like in the latest um, episode of that. So go check that out. I think it's always good to. Uh, recommend some new things for people yeah next game any other games boys i don't think there's any other games that stand out i think we've covered them i think we need some to cheer ourselves up i think we need some travel segment some travel i think we need some travel as well i was getting the feeling for some travel uh, okay. come on come right, on well, up. it's pardos pardos travel where Pardo talks us through. So, as we know, this week is Thanksgiving week. And where best States to spend Thanksgiving than in the capital of Washington, D.C.? <laughs> Home of the Reds- Redskins, sorry. Um, Redskins. <laughs> and it just so happens, actually. So, like. Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving uh, was actually in uh, Virginia, just outside of uh, Jamestown. But then, are there any are there any NFL teams in Virginia? No. Nearest team to Virginia, Washington, D.C., just north. But also, it just so happens, the second nearest team is Carolina. And really? guess who? Uh, War- uh, Warrington. Washington, Warrington. Warrington is in the northwest of England, near where Novice Pardo lives. So Washington are playing Carolina this week. So isn't that poetic? Um, but travel is at DC, even though the game is at Carolina. So that contradicts what I said last week, that the home team is always where the travel goes to. I made an exception this week. Okay. So well, it is Thanksgiving. DC, and it's it's Thanksgiving. Okay, so fun facts about Washington, D.C. I like to, just while you're talking, I always like to, when you're talking about the travel, get the map up so that I can really visualize this place. Um, so don't get it confused with Washington State. Ah, that's what I just did. I think I've yeah, gone, yeah. is it near Baltimore or is that the wrong one? 
There's Washington State. Yeah, yeah, that, State. that is, that's reasonable. I mean, it's not too far. It's like, it should be on the East Coast. It is, yeah. I'm looking at uh, near Maryland and Virginia. Maryland yeah, yeah, and Virginia. It's just near Virginia. You can see that, you know, why yes. it's so strategically placed there, you know, where the whole kind of country was founded, pretty much. I didn't know Delaware looked like that. Delaware is where all companies um, basically put their, they register there because it's like a tax haven or something, I believe. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so like in Virginia. So, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose like part of the, you know, if you're going to do a tourist trip to Washington, D.C., you can go to uh, Jamestown, but I don't think it really exists anymore. But what you've got is Williamsburg just around the corner. And that's an exact replica of the original colonies that um, were uh, set up. And Jamestown was named Jamestown. You know why? Mm, why? James the first. James the first. You know the one that we uh, talked about. Um, no way. The one in the yeah. film. In the film King. No, that was that was Henry the sixth. Oh. <laughs> But it, I think it's at the time we we're talking about it because it's a bonfire night, wasn't it? And oh, uh, yes. About, yeah, that the gunfire plot was trying to kill James I. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why the settlers came over is because they were, they were persecuted ah. on the old Mayflower. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, the May, Mayflower is probably earlier. So, no, I don't want to cross over on that. But um, anyway, um, but that's where they had the, the first Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I mean, Washington, as we know, capitals. Why don't? What's Rezal doing? What's He's he doing? poo-pooing the travel. Oh, is he? Oh. Go on mute, Rezal, and let Pardo do his business. We haven't heard anything about Washington yet. What are you talking about? Anything? Oh. Any rebuttal, right, Pardo? Quit. Quit. <laughs> have it folks it's the death of the travel segment it had to come to an end someday and seeing as the bengals lost it's only fitting that they killed the travel segment as well and that's a shame that's a real shame but pardo could not carry on when the travel segment's magic is lost so in its place here is Internet Rezol with a little segment that he calls the butt fumble. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Want to pull up tough because you notice that butt was stuffed. Not my words, but the words of a once Sir mix a lot in his 1992 single, Baby Got Back. Unfortunately, the internet doesn't seem to have a record of what or for why Sir Mix-a-Lot was knighted by the Queen, but one can only guess it wasn't for his services to music. Maybe it was for his work with snakes. He really does seem to love his anaconda. We will never know. And actually, what does this have to do with the NFL? Well, two words. But. Fumble. Go back in time if you can. Go back in your mind to Thanksgiving 2012. Imagine you're a Jets fan and you're living in Queens. Things, as usual, for a Jets fan aren't great. You have a losing record so far this season. The Giants won the Super Bowl last season, which is their second Super Bowl in the last five years. 
and your team's last and only Super Bowl was in 1969 in Super Bowl 3. Add to this the fact that your division rival Patriots had the greatest quarterback and coach combo of all time, you showed no sign of slowing down, and things are not brilliant. Never mind added to that is the fact that you spend in Thanksgiving alone after your girlfriend dumped you for some tech nerd who works for Instagram, whoever the hell they are. Anyway, you have to look on the bright side, because things could soon be looking up. Obama was re-elected only two weeks ago. Gangnam Style may be the best song you've ever heard in your life. And today, your beloved Jets have a chance to defeat your mortal enemies, Brady and the Patriots. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, there's no way that your quarterback, the 2009 fifth overall pick Mark Sanchez, could do anything so ridiculous that it would end up defining his career. Not against the Patriots. Not in front of 79,000 people in your own stadium. Not in front of 20 million people watching at home. What on earth could he possibly do? How about he runs into the back of his linebacker Brandon Moore? That's easily done. Brandon is a big guy. How about he goes helmet first? I mean pretty embarrassing but not too bad. Straight into Brandon Moore's arse? Okay, not great. How about in the process of trying to defile Moore's derriere, Sanchez also fumbles the ball. And then the ball is picked up by the Patriots safety Steve Gregory. That is not great, but at least he didn't return it for a touchdown. Oh look, he just returned it for a touchdown. Let's call that a turd cake. All good cakes need icing. Let's say the icing on this cake is that in the 52 seconds around this incident, the Jets managed to concede three fumbles in total, leading to three Patriot touchdowns. Let's also say that the cherry on top of that beautifully iced turd cake is that in the second quarter, when all this took place, the Jets had the ball for 12 out of the 15 minutes. They scored three points in that time and gave away 35 points. Oh dear. The Jets ended the season 6-10. and 10. The Patriots went 12-4 and 4 before eventually losing to the Ravens in the AFC Championship game, who then went on to win the Super Bowl. Things didn't really get any better for Sanchez. He missed the whole of the next season and was then cut by the Jets. Signed by the Eagles, Sanchez started eight games that season, going four and four, before finishing his career by starting only four games in the next four years, losing them all while playing for the Eagles, the Cowboys and the Redskins. The butt fumble also took down recipient Brandon Moore, who retired at the end of his season and took his butt with him. While Sanchez has now moved on to cover college football for ESPN, Moore is now a co-defensive coordinator for the Colorado School of Mines college football team, a team who not only went undefeated last season, but unbelievably have an ass as their mascot. They really do like that ass. So your girlfriend rolls a Honda, playing workout takes by Fonda. But Fonda ain't got a motor in the back of her Honda. My Anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. You can do side bends or sit-ups, but please don't lose that butt. Some brothers want to play that hard role and tell you that the butt ain't gold, so they toss it. To retrieve it so cosmo says you're fat well i ain't down with that because your waist is small and your curves are kicking and i'm thinking about sticking to the beanpole dames in the magazines you ain't it miss thing give me a sister i can't resist her red beans and rice didn't miss her some knucklehead tried to diss because his girls are on my list he had game but he chose to hit him and i pull up quick to get with him so ladies if the butt is round and you want a triple x throw down a lot and kick them nasty thoughts. Baby got back. 